And welcome to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I am your host, Lisa. And I'm Eric. And on today's episode, you are going to hear me completely geek out over the show that took place a week ago, a show that completely changed the game for me. And that show is Blink-182 and Little Wayne. We are going to be discussing seeing them live on the last stop of their tour, which also happened to be the release date of Blink's latest album. That's right, I'm talking about Nine. So, on this episode, we are going to be discussing the show, and then in the latter half of this episode, we are going to be going through their new album and sharing our thoughts about everything that has transpired within the past week, which has been such a wild ride. Oh, man. You are not kidding. I mean, there is so much going through my mind right now. I can't wait to just put it all out there. But Eric, as always, before we can get into that, we have our top three international countries of this week. So are you ready to get to it? Of course. All right. Coming in at number three, we have Italy. Nice, Italy. Very nice. Congratulations, guys. Congrats, Italy. Shout out to you guys. Coming in at number two, we have the Philippines. Nice. Nice to see them again. And climbing all the way to take our number one spot this week, we have Canada. Nice, Canada. Very nice. Always glad to see you guys. So shout out to those three countries, number three, Italy, number two, the Philippines, and number one, Canada. Thank you to everybody who takes the time to listen to Music Matters Media, the show, to go check out the website, to just take any time out of your day to show Music Matters Media some love. I greatly appreciate that, and we can't thank you enough here. And have no fear, if you want to make it in our top three next week or any week after that all you have to do is share this podcast with your friends with your families with any loved ones you may have and we could be shouting you out next all right eric so with that being said now is the time to really go into the show and i gotta be honest with you here i am so glad that i have this platform to talk about the show on because i'm pretty sure at this point my friends and family members are getting sick and tired of me ranting and raving about the past week and these past couple days that i've had yeah here no limits we can talk about it to our hearts content <laughs> thank god <laughs> <laughs> yes so let me just say wow that's like the easiest <laughs> word I can pick. That's a good to describe word. Describe everything. That's a I good mean, word. There are better words, but that's my go-to for now because I've been to some live shows that have been phenomenal, but this one, oh man, like th this is gonna go down as probably one of my favorite live shows ever, and also one of the best put live shows ever as well. This hands down was the best show I've ever been to period. And that says a lot because I've been to so many shows in my lifetime and I'm going to continue to go to as many shows as I possibly can, both for Music Matters and of course for my own enjoyment as well, selfishly. <laughs> but I have to say that this was hands down the best show that I've ever been to, period. The lineup, the atmosphere, the energy, the performance, all the special things that they did on that specific day for the tour. 
the big grand finale, it being also album release day, them also celebrating Lil Wayne's birthday. I mean, there was just so much going on in one night at one place. And Eric, we really have to deconstruct this whole thing. So let's start from the beginning here. We got to start with the opener, Neck Deep. Yeah, seeing Neck Deep again, because we have seen them before in their own venue, this was really freaking cool and honestly the perfect opening act. They were amazing. I feel like they actually sounded better than the last time, specifically Ben. His voice, exactly the way you hear it on the albums, they had so much energy. They were just fantastic from start to finish. Those of you who've been Neck Deep fans from the beginning, you can clearly see the progression throughout the years of Ben's voice and how vocally he's been training his voice and now more than ever sounds just like he does on the records live, which is such a treat to see in person. They played a little mix of everything. I think they played around like five to six songs for their opening set. Of course, they played songs from The Peace and The Panic, and they also played songs from my personal favorite album by them, Life's Not Out to Get You. Both were amazing to hear live, right up close and personal with Ben. He was nothing but grateful to be on that stage that night. And another highlight of Neck Deep's performance that night was when Mark and Travis pranked the band on their last song of the set, which was Where Do We Go When We Go?, And they got up on stage while the band was playing. And then Travis and Mark began deconstructing the drum set from the drum player. So that was hilarious. And as the song is going on, they're just taking cymbals. They're taking everything. So it was pretty funny that by the time that they were done with that song, it just completely derailed the whole thing. And then Mark comes back out and grabs the bass from the bassist of Neck Deep. And then he strikes a few chords to end the song. And that was their way of poking fun at the band. Earlier during Neck Deep's set, Ben was kind of calling out Mark because he played the song December. And anybody know who knows that song also knows that Mark jumped in on a remixed version of that song. And it was featuring Mark. And he was kind of throwing that out there to see if Mark was going to surprise everybody and come on stage for that. Didn't happen, but they waited until the very end to kind of come in and prank the guys. He brought Travis out, and they were just deconstructing the whole thing on stage. It was hilarious to watch, and it was hilarious to also watch Mark grab the bass from the basis of Neck Deep and pretty much was just like, here, give this to me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it, was a, it was such a sight to see because here you have a band that literally started doing Blink-182 covers. Ben used to do Blink covers from his bedroom and upload them to YouTube, and Blink was one of the huge influences on the sound of Neck Deep. And now to fast forward to present day, just a couple of years later, to be sharing the same stage as Blink and to be touring with them and to have Mark Hoppus as a feature on one of your studio albums, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, and you could tell that all of Neck Deep were happy, of course, but, you know, Ben especially, he was like, you know, this is bittersweet because this is the last show of the tour and this is it, and it's been such an honor to, you know, go on the road with these guys that I've loved my whole life and all that. And another cool thing to see when both Mark and Travis came out was that as they're deconstructing the drum set, you know, Ben goes along with it and starts ad-libbing some stuff. And he's basically like, what What are you guys doing? But he's incorporating it. He's incorporating it into the <laughs> lyrics. Yeah, they, they uh, completely hijacked the entire song. Yeah, so it, it was really funny because it's like, you know, here's Ben saying, I really wish that Mark would come out and sing December with us. And of course, Mark didn't do it, but he still made his presence known on his own terms, which is just really funny to see. Which is typical Mark Hoppus, if you think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I wouldn't have expected anything less. And I am so glad that Neck Deep was the opener for the show. They brought such high energy to that stage. Ben is such a great performer and the whole band really were just outstanding. Anybody that went into the show that didn't know about Neck Deep, I guarantee you went home to check them out later on. 
Oh yeah, they definitely made some new fans. You could just tell. Like at, at first when they started playing their set, there was a pretty good amount of people that knew them, but by the end, you could tell that they definitely had gained more fans than they had before. And that's something that I want to touch upon right now is the fact that the crowd was such an amazing crowd. Partially why this show was so special to me and what made it the best show that I've ever been to was the crowd interaction and the experience of being in that crowd with two different groups of people coming together for one love, the love of music. And everybody was just so united that night. Whether you came for Wayne, you came for Neck Deep, you came for Blink, regardless of who you were there for, by the end, everybody just got along and everybody was enjoying each other's music. And both scenes of hip-hop, rap fans, and rock music fans blended together and came together that night to just enjoy the performance. And I've never seen anything so beautiful in my life. I gotta say, just talking to everybody in between sets, everybody was so friendly, so warm, so welcoming. Everybody was just super excited to be there and to experience this. And I think partially it has to do with the fact that this is one of those tours that is never going to happen again. It's just one of those things once in a lifetime to have those big names in one sentence, Blink-182 and Lil Wayne, and to have those worlds collide everybody was looking forward to being there that night it was such a huge night for everybody involved the fans the bands the musicians the artists and it just came through seamlessly talking to other people and just picking people's brains out oh who are you here for oh i'm here for this i'm here for that and having those conversations and interactions with people there was no fighting there was no i'm better than you this person sucks i'm just here for this person everybody was super warm and welcoming and very much excited to be there to witness everything in general and so open to the fact of okay I might be going for one person but I'm open to hearing and seeing what the other people have to offer and I think that's the main goal of why they created this tour in the first place and I'm glad that I got to physically be there and see that being achieved in real time. Yeah and even little Wayne when he was on stage he didn't actually explicitly say it but he hinted at the fact that uh there were two different worlds colliding because he congratulated the audience for having made it and for having stuck around which obviously means that he's proud of the fact that uh you know we put our differences aside and we could coexist in the same room and enjoy everything equally and i agree with you that this concert is definitely one of the best experiences i've ever had because of the crowd it's definitely my favorite crowd that i've been to i know that I raved about the crowd at the Tour show, but this crowd was more enjoyable mostly because of the fact that I actually spoke to other people in this crowd. That's something that I don't really get to do very much at other shows, and the fact that I could actually talk to other people and be like, yeah, I'm into this, I'm into that, and to just see everybody dancing, you know, you see the pop punk kids dancing to the Little Wayne stuff, and then you see Little Wayne's fans rocking out the Blink, you're just like, wow, you know, if only this happened more often, you know, I and, you know, I really hope it does. I really think that's the future. The goal is for there to be no barriers between fan bases and no lines between genre dividing people. I really think the future is uh, melting all these worlds together and just people enjoying the music for what it is. I don't think people are going to, in the future, be classified as, oh, this person's a rapper, oh, this person is a pop punk artist or whatever. I think it's going to strictly be, this is an artist and this is what they are presenting to the table and this is their creative outlet. And I don't think it's going to be categorized like how we have it today because we are working more and more towards listening to all different types of music. I mean, we've discussed this before on our show about how kids younger than us and the generation that's come after us being extremely open to everything and they don't even care about what it's classified as. So I think it's only going to go down that path even further and in another, I don't even know, maybe five years from now, five to ten years from now, it's not going to be about genre and it's just going to be more focused on the artists themselves. Absolutely, I agree. And 
if anything, I, I know you said that this kind of thing may not happen again, but I think the ultimate goal here is to teach other artists that there's something that can be learned from having done this. So if anything, maybe it might not happen between these two artists, but hopefully it'll inspire other big names to be like, you know what, why don't we uh, follow suit? Yeah, of course. I mean, don't forget, there's people that have been paving the way throughout musical history. You have Jay-Z and Linkin Park. You have Run DMC and Aerosmith. There have been plenty examples. Fall Out Boy and Wiz Khalifa, they went on tour together. So it's not like it hasn't been done. I just hope that it continues to break these barriers down and that eventually genre just becomes obsolete and it just becomes more focused around the artist and what they have to bring to the table and less focus on, okay, we have to categorize this type of music. Yeah, and as for the touring aspect... The the goal is for it to stop becoming a once-in-a-blue-moon kind of thing and just be more common. Without a doubt. I would love that. And I think that is very much where the future is headed. I don't know if these two groups will ever tour again. I hope that they do. But I just feel so fortunate to have had the opportunity to witness this, whether it be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity or maybe sometime in the future again. So fortunate to have been there that night. I cannot say enough good things. And we need to get into Little Wayne, Eric. We need to get into Little Wayne because after Neck Deep, that's when Wayne came out. Let me say, this being my first live Little Wayne experience, my jaw fell open. <laughs> I mean, I was already impressed with the Carter Five, but this was just on another level. I mean, the musicianship, his stage presence, the crowd. I wasn't ready for any of it, man. It was amazing. Wayne is one hell of a live performer. I've seen Wayne three times now. The first time I've ever saw Wayne was back in 2011, I want to say, either 2010 or 2011, and it was at Bamboozle. And for those who may not know what that was, it was a festival at the Meadowlands, now known as MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. And it was a three-day festival, and Wayne was the headliner of the last day of the festival. So he was the last act. That was the first time I've ever seen him live. Mind-blowing. It was right in between the Carter 3 and the Carter 4, so Wayne was in his prime back then. It was such an amazing time to see Wayne and to be a little Wayne fan. I love that. Then, most recently, I saw him last year in 2018, right after the Carter 5 came out, where he played at Tidal, and he played a couple of his new songs off of that album. That was great. He also closed that show out, and that was in October of last year in 2018. And now, this year, you have the Blink and Wayne tour, and Wayne just blew my mind once again. This was the best time that I've ever seen Wayne because it was up close and personal. And he just brought such energy and he has such charisma. He won the whole crowd over by the end of the show. And his DJ really knew how to get the crowd going before he came out. I mean, wow. He was playing so many classic songs that you and I have heard on the radio. Classic hip hop tracks to hype the crowd up before Wayne came out. Yeah, he did a fantastic job of warming the crowd up. And then when Lil Wayne inevitably hit the stage, I mean, it was like a bomb went off. And we can't talk about Wayne without giving credit to Wayne's band that he tours with because those people on stage really tied everything together and really helped Wayne elevate his performance from the DJ to the drummer to the bassist to the guitarist. All of them in combination with Wayne's energy was just such a phenomenal sight to see. They put on a performance like no other that I've ever seen before, period. And they should all be very proud of themselves for just bringing their all on this tour. And I'm telling you, they gained a bunch of new fans after this performance and after this tour in general. And I've seen them on TV before, so I already knew they were fantastic, but I didn't know just how fantastic. Like, seeing them live was so fantastic. Everybody was on top of their game and you really could feel what they were doing. They were really into it. You could see the drummer was just wailing away at that drum set and the guitar player was on fire. The bass player, one of the funkiest bass players I've ever heard in my life. 
so freaking phenomenal. They are the real deal, Eric. And I could not talk about Wayne without discussing them as well, because I feel like they don't get enough acknowledgement and they need to be acknowledged for the hard work that they go out every night and pour out their entire heart and soul out on that stage. And you can tell, you can feel it through their performance. If only you could have felt that energy in that room that night to anybody that's listening to this. It was something out of this world. It was almost like we transcended to another realm. And then slowly, I don't think I've been back. I don't think I've been back ever since, to be honest. Listen, I mean, if you go to a show like that, you're not the same ever again. So I can totally understand what you're saying. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) I don't (laughs) think I'll ever be. I'm telling you, I'm so glad that we are able to voice everything out on here because I've been driving my friends and family crazy. They think like, okay, yeah, we're so happy for you. That's great. But I'm like, no, you don't understand. This show is life changing. Yeah. And listen, for my part, it's been killing me to keep all of this to myself, you know? Because it's just way too much to just keep to yourself and to not like talk about with the rest of the world. It's overwhelming, dude. It is overwhelming. So this is our big catharsis, you know. And Wayne played so many classics. I can't possibly get to them all, but I got to at least make some shout outs. He played Six Foot, Seven Foot, No Worries, John, uh, Drop the World, Lollipop, Miss Officer, How to Love, Bedrock, which is a Young Money cover. Love that. He played off of the Carter Five, Don't Cry, Can't Be Broken. He played Mona Lisa. He played Uproar. Of course, he played a Millie. He played the Motto. He played Got Money. He played Go DJ. He played... I'm going in, steady mobbing. I mean, the list goes on and on. And he played all these songs seamlessly. One song flowed into another, flowed into another. And I just love the way that the whole set list was set up and how the vibe never died down and just kept going throughout the entire set. And I can say, because I was there, that you were just absolutely losing it. I mean... I have never seen you more turned on at a concert other than the other one we went to, the other Blink-182 show at Jones Beach. But this takes the cake. I mean, you were singing along to every lyric. You were dancing. You were basically your 16-year-old self again. I'm glad that you acknowledged that because this is very important. I'm going to say this right here and right now. I am 26 years old currently. My birthday just passed July 25th. And 10 years ago, if you were to tell me that my favorite band being Blink-182 and my favorite rapper being Lil Wayne would share the same stage one day 10 years later, I would have completely had a mental breakdown. And let me tell you, when the tour was announced, I did have a mental breakdown. But if I could go back in time and tell her everything that's going on present day, she would absolutely lose her mind. Anybody that knew me growing up, especially back in high school, knew how much of a Little Wayne fan I was. I was a hardcore fan. Eric can attest to that because we went to the same high school together. He saw it real time. He's watched me grow up and uh, it's just such an incredible opportunity to be able to witness two acts of greatness, share one stage and be together one night And that's why this meant so much to me above all else is because of that sole reason. Yeah. And listen, all those years of waiting to just get to this moment paid off and you were absolutely, you were just lost in the moment. There is not a force on this planet that could have just gotten in your way. It's, it was awesome to see. And not only did Wayne pull out all the stops during his set list, but there were so many great surprises that happened during Wayne's set, which we have to talk about. The first being that Blink-182 came out during mid-set and gave Wayne a blunt for his 37th birthday. It was so epic. Now, let me tell you, the last stop on tour was the Barclays in Brooklyn, in New York, and that was September 20th. And Wayne's birthday is September 27th. So since they knew that that was the last moment that they would share with Wayne, they came out on stage and gave him a birthday blunt. And I captured it all on video. And 
the craziest part about that is a couple days later after I shared that video online, the video, Eric, went viral, meaning that all these news outlets picked it up and it just spread like wildfire. It was all over social media, all over Reddit, all over all these well-known publications such as Billboard, Alternative Press, Consequence of Sound, the list goes on and on. And they tagged me in the video saying that I took the video and that led people over to my personal page, that led people over to Music Matters. It was just such a great experience all around. I had no idea that capturing that moment was going to, you know, become a domino effect for that. I was just happy to be there. And I knew that I personally wanted to to get that moment to just have for myself. And of course, I shared that online with everybody else because I thought that was such a cool crossover. And once again, stuff like that is never going to happen. So you got to grab it while you can. And it just turned into this viral internet sensation. And it was so amazing to see that. Once I saw that, I woke up, I'm like, whoa, I Googled it. Blink-182 gives Little Wayne Blunt. And you could see all those news articles following that. The best part about actually coming across one of those articles that mentioned that is being able to read it and be like, I was there. I was right there when that happened. You know, that was like so freaking cool to actually see it on the internet and to know that you're part of that event. That was just so freaking awesome. And the second coolest thing during Little Wayne's set, other than the birthday blunt that Blink-182 gave to Wayne, which Mark Hoppus looked so proud of, by the way, they were all cracking up on stage. Little Wayne was taken by surprise, had no idea that they were going to do that, which made it all the more better. But the second coolest thing had to have been during his set when they rolled out a cake and then his crew came out and started singing happy birthday. And then the whole crowd started singing happy birthday to Wayne. That was such a special moment. Once again, another highlight, another moment that nobody else on tour got to see. And it was just so magical to witness that. And I just feel like this show, everybody pulled out all the stops because they were just happy that the tour was a successful one. They were happy that it was the release date for Blink-182's new album. They were happy because Little Wayne's birthday was in a week. And they were just overall in the highest of spirits. Neck Deep was just happy to be on the tour, period, and to live out that dream. Everybody was just in the best of spirits, and it made for a really magical night and such an amazing event to attend. And the cool part about, you know, all of that that was going on on stage celebrating Wayne's birthday and all that was that, you know, in the middle of all that, Little Wayne was like, you know, you guys are my brothers for life. So for anyone who's wondering, will this ever be repeated? You, you know what? It might be. The thing I love about Wayne is he was nothing but grateful and humble throughout his set. You can even attest to that, Eric. Yes. He kept on pausing to say thank you. He kept on telling the crowd like he is nothing without us and he's nothing without his fans that support him. And he was so grateful for the opportunity to share this moment with Blink, to be on that tour. So if there's any news outlets reporting anything contrary to that, do not believe everything that you read. Do not believe everything that you hear because Wayne was nothing but grateful that night. We saw it in person. We saw his reaction to everything and he was nothing but humble and grateful And it was just such a nice moment to see Wayne on stage constantly thanking the crowd, thanking the band, thanking everybody being there. And he was just so appreciative. Yeah. You know, I feel like it just felt like a victory for everybody. You know, that's just my general feeling. You know, it felt like a victory because we managed or rather they managed to uh, cross two different styles of music together and all of us managed to put our differences aside to just enjoy it all so it was definitely a victory for everybody and you can tell that he was really just elated at it all it's crazy eric because this is totally such a full circle moment for me i remember 10 years ago when i was 16 going out to the mall buying a little wayne shirt buying all of his gear celebrating his birthday and being like woo little wayne just turned 27 happy birthday to wayne fast forward to now that I'm 26 years old, I'll be 27 before you know it, Wayne just turned 37 on September 27th, and 10 years later, I 
am able to experience a Wayne and Blink concert and to have all this happening all at once with just being in both of their presence, being so close to them, being able to enjoy the show, being able to take everything all in. So eternally grateful for that show. What a night. Hands down, once again, the best show that I've ever been to. Wayne pulled out all the stops. He was on top of his game. Uh, Wayne may have left temporarily, but uh, he's back now more than ever. Yeah, and he shows that no matter how long he's been gone, he hasn't lost a step. Matter of fact, he feels bigger and better now. And he shows that no matter what, he can always put on an amazing live show. And to commemorate the concert, I got this chain. And on the chain, it's the Wayne Blink smiley face that can be seen from their What's My Age Again collaboration. It's the smiley face with Wayne in it. And I got that chain to celebrate the fact that this took place. It was one of the best weeks of my life. Uh, I was able to catch Angels and Airwaves earlier that week. It was also the one-year anniversary of Music Matters Media, the company that I founded, and obviously the podcast here. And it was just amazing, such an incredible night to see Blink and Wayne, and then the album release for Blink. So many things happening back-to-back that I had to have something with me to cherish that and to have in remembrance of such a fantastic week. So I got this chain. I posted it on my personal page. So for all you who are listening, who wants to check out everything that we've been discussing, I have all the videos, the video that went viral I have on my page, the chain I have on my page, other videos of Blink and Neck Deep, which we're about to also discuss. They're on my page a uh, quick little plug for me. My personal page is Lisa underscore 182. So you can go watch everything and view everything over there. And it was really cool because I got acknowledged by uh, Wayne's guitarist. And he thought that it was such a dope piece, which I really appreciate as well. And I have to say, it's been really cool to interact with Blink's fan base and Wayne's fan base as well through DMs, direct messaging, or through comments on social media. I've always had a following based on being a diehard Blink fan, and people over time have gravitated towards my page because of that. So posting all the footage and posting everything that has been going on within the past week has been absolutely insane and it's been so much fun to interact with everybody worldwide and to just get everybody's reaction to the footage that I got and sharing our favorite songs off of the new album and talking about tours and talking about shows that they went to on this tour it's just been a really fun experience There's no better time than now to be a Blink fan, in my opinion, because there's just so much to be grateful for and to be thankful for all around, whether you're a fan of Tom, Matt, Mark, Travis. There's so many projects, so much new music, tours, the whole nine yards, and uh, it's a really good time to be a Blink fan right about now. Translation, your soul hasn't returned to your body yet. (laughs) Clearly not. Clearly not, Eric. And, I mean... After Blink said, Jesus, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. So, Eric, what did you think about Blink set? This was your fourth time seeing them with me. What did you think this time around? So much better than the other three times. I mean, it was great seeing them the other three times, but this just felt like, wow, such a bigger deal, you know? In particular, I feel like Skiba was just phenomenal. I feel like he has gotten better as a vocalist, at least in Blink. He's always been a great vocalist, but in Blink, I feel like he's refined his style a little bit more. I feel like, especially live, you can really hear more of a firmness in his voice now, particularly when he sings the older material. I feel like he's a lot stronger when he does that He's a lot more confident this time around. Yes, that's the perfect word to describe him, confident. You know, uh, you can really tell that he prides himself on giving strong vocal performances when, you know, doing Tom's verses and all that. And that felt so amazing, especially 
when he's saying songs like Aliens Exist, Dysentery Gary, I Miss You, you know, he was on fire. The whole band was on fire, really. This, This whole set was just amazing. You know, of course, they performed the entire Enema of the State album, and then they performed other classics that we all know and love. And, of course, they had a bunch of other surprises, too. You know, they brought out Lil Wayne, and even his guitar player also came out and joined them on that medley of uh, What's My Age Again and a Millie. You know, it was so freaking cool to see that actually happen. You know, I was really hoping it would. I died, resurrected, came back again, and so on and so forth during that <laughs> during that section right there. I mean, I never would have thought that Wayne would come out because from what I've heard throughout the t- entire tour at other shows, that wasn't a thing. That was an exclusive thing that night for that show because it was the grand finale and it was the last stop on tour. Everybody was just like, what the hell? Let's go out with a bang. So that only happened that night where Wayne came out and sung What's My Age Again with Blink. Truly phenomenal. Of course, I got a video of that. Like I said earlier, if you want to check all these videos out, everything that we're talking about here on this podcast, you can head over to my personal page. It's Lisa underscore 182. That's a shameless plug, but I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed watching this. You'll get the same feelings that I got when I saw it live in person. And also with that being said, they had other surprises there too. They had Ben come out for Wendy Clear. For those who did not know, this was also a 20th anniversary tour for Enema of the State, like Eric said earlier. And Wendy Clear is one of my favorite Blink songs. So I love the fact that not only did Blink crash neck deep set, but they also gave Ben the opportunity to come out and perform with them. And that was something that also never took place on this tour. That was the only time that they did that. And Ben literally got to live out his dream by performing this song with Mark, a song that he used to sing in his bedroom many years ago. And like I said earlier, Neck Deep used to be a Blink-182 cover band. They were so inspired by Blink starting out. And to have that full circle moment for Ben and to witness that live on stage, he literally said, this is the best night of my life and it should be yours too. And I was right there with him in that emotion. And he wasn't the only one that got to live out his dream. Mark also invited a fan to play guitar. Shout out to Jerry. Seriously, you killed it, man. I mean, and this guy has never even been in a band before and he just felt like such a freaking natural on stage. They pulled him out of the crowd to play all the small things. He put the guitar on and away they went and he played like he was a professional. He did such an amazing job. The crowd was cheering, Jerry, Jerry, like Jerry Springer. It was amazing. It just added another highlight to such a special, unique performance. I mean, congratulations to Jerry. If you ever happen to listen to this podcast. Jerry actually reached out to me um, asking if I got footage of him. I sadly did not get Jerry on stage, but he was there and he killed it and I congratulated him and he was nothing but nice about the whole thing. He was like, thanks man, I got to live out my dream. So shout out to you, Jerry. Yeah, you are a hero to many, dude. Be proud of yourself. That was something else, man. And let's go back to Aliens Exist because that was also another special surprise. We had aliens come and invade the stage. You had aliens that were dressed up as the nurse from the Enema of the State cover. You had aliens dressed in Blink-182 t-shirts and gear. And they came and invaded for Aliens Exist. And it was hilarious watching them dance upon stage with Mark and Matt and Travis going back and forth. It made it so such a funny moment during the set. Mark was loving every minute of it. He was completely smiling and laughing to himself and he fist bumped them at the end. You can also see that I got footage of that as well and that was hilarious to see. And also they threw alien shaped balloons into the crowd. They did. Everybody was just tossing them around. Man, this crowd was insane, honestly. Like in general, I mean, wow. Like, because the place we were at had seating. But once Blink came on, forget it. People just completely 
disregarded that. They went to the front. Some people even stood up on their chairs and, you know, they risked injury because they were, you know, trying to balance themselves on the chairs long enough to see the band. But wow, what a crowd, man. Everybody was up on their feet. The energy was completely wild. Speaking about that, I got row six seating for us and it was a good view. Eric can vouch for me on that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you for getting those tickets. I mean, you're totally welcome, dude. I would get them again in a heartbeat. Oh, I I know you would. (laughs) And you want to know why? Because I was able to get all the way to the front. There was no way that I was staying in that row six. And I made my way all the way to the front, right by the barricade, right in front of Mark. Four blinks set. I tried to do it for Wayne. The security sent everybody back to their seats during Wayne. So I tried my best. But for Blink, I was like, there is no possible way that I'm just staying here in this row. And I'm glad that I went for it because I was able to be right at the barricade for the entire show. And that was completely amazing. I honestly couldn't ask for a better night. I'm telling you, Eric, I cannot stress that enough. Listen, I mean, you told me you made eye contact with Mark. What's better than that? We did. He even tossed me a pick. I got three picks from the show. I got one of his stickers from Hi, My Name is Mark, which is his clothing brand. I got a poster from their album release of Nine. And I just went away with so much gear just from being right there. And Mark was so cool about it. I got the Enema pick, which is the 20-year anniversary with the octopus and the nurse's hat, which is really dope. And then I got the Hi, My Name is Mark picks which are awesome as well. So I really made out like a bandit. Yeah, and listen, you could tell you made out like a bandit when you've got people throwing you offers for those picks. Yeah, so I told Eric earlier that people were sliding into my direct message after I posted all of my gear from the show saying, listen, I will pay for that pick. What do you want for it? Can we trade? All this other stuff. And I was just like, respectfully... Uh, I'm going to have to decline all offers, but thank you so much for reaching out and thinking that uh, these things are very much valuable, which they totally are. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, this this had your name written all over it this entire night, so... And Eric, I would just like to add, anybody that knows me knows that Enema of the State is one of my favorite Blink albums of all time. I'm talking top three here. The Holy Trinity, as I would like to call it, my favorite Blink album is the Untitled Record, and then would be Enema of the State, and then would be Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. And them playing Enema in full, we've heard songs here that we haven't heard in years. I'm talking about Don't Leave Me. That was a great cut. I loved getting to hear the party song live. That's another deep cut that we don't always get to hear. I love hearing Wendy Clear and hearing Ben hop on that track with Mark. That was great. And uh, I have a lot of my favorite songs off of there. Dumpweed, Aliens Exist is always a fun one. Going Away to College, Melts My Heart Every Time, Adam's Song. I mean, Eric, it was just such a treat to see them perform some of these songs live. Yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, this, like I said, this was such an experience for so many reasons. And for it to be done again, I mean, that's that's a tough act to follow, honestly. And not to mention the additional songs that they played after they played the album front to back. Obviously, they played other classics, but they did play new songs off of their album Nine. They played I Really Wish I Hated You Right Now, and they played Dark Side. And those were two of my favorite singles from the singles that were released prior to Nine. Yeah, hearing those songs live was just so freaking awesome, man. I'm glad that they kept those in the set. Because those are some of the songs that I was really, really hoping that they would play. I'm also really happy that they did include those two specifically because you and I, leading up to the concert, we were naming the list of songs that we wish they would play. And those two were among them, so. And I have to say, the best closer ever. I know that they always close with Damn It. I know that that's been a staple in their set for the longest time now. But... 
they threw in, Mark threw in, no scrubs in the middle of, damn it, a TLC brief cover of scrubs in the middle of, damn it, just like he did back in the live album days. For the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, that was such a treat to see live that Mark threw that in there and it was hilarious to see that, that he still has the stage banter and he still has the joke side very much alive and within him and the band. Listen, that's something that I hope never goes away. And I feel like a lot of fans are with us on that one. It's part of their charm. Of course, you can't lose that. And the last thing that I want to touch upon before we get into their new album, Nine, and our reaction to it is Travis Barker, the legend, the best drummer alive. You heard it here first. I'm saying it. I'm not taking it back. When they put him in that dome and he was spinning upside down, playing the drums, whiling out on a drum solo, was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. I don't know how his arms didn't fall off. You know, he, he's not your average drummer. That's an understatement, but that's the best way I can put it. When he plays, he plays to kill. He goes for the throat. So the fact that he could precisely do all of that while constantly moving... I mean, wow, like how many hours of practice went into that? He went into full beast mode. Imagine doing that every night on tour. How do you have arms after that? I'm so serious. He is such a beast, such a legend. Shout out to Travis Barker. If you ever listen to this, you are such an insanely talented drummer. And that's the most understatement of the entire year. But that's the only way I could describe it. So shout out to Travis. Ditto, man. And shout out to the rest of Blink, Mark Hoppus, Matt Skiba, Lil Wayne, his backing band, the guitarist, the bassist, the drummer, the DJ, Neck Deep, literally anybody that had any involvement in this tour specifically for that night. Thank you guys for pulling out all the stops for making it a grand finale to such an incredible, phenomenal, once-in-a-lifetime tour. Yeah, you guys just redefined what a live experience is for the both of us so thank you a billion times over for all of that thank you thank you on behalf of my 16 year old self and thank you on behalf of my 26 year old self and thank you for just everything thank you so much for giving me an experience that i will never forget one of the best weeks of my entire life the best show that i've ever been to period Cannot stress it enough. Thank you so much. And now, before we close this episode out, we have to discuss Blink's new album, Briefly, Nine. So, Eric, you already know that I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on this album, but before I go, I want you to be able to take the floor. What did you think about Nine? Before I give you my completed thoughts, in a word, gobsmacked. That's exactly how I felt about this album. I mean, we were, you know, you were talking to me about it briefly, and I was just like, okay, cool, I'll keep that in mind. But wow, wow, I mean, the whole time I was listening to this album, it got better and better and better as the songs went on, and I was just like, thank you for, like, really just taking the time to make an album that was a vast improvement over California. I mean, this is just truly up there with their best work. I can wholeheartedly say that. And wow. I mean, I'm honestly actually at a loss for words because of just how amazing it was. Wow is right, Eric, because this album took everybody by surprise. It was like when they released Generational Divide, they gave a middle finger to the fan base and to all the haters that have been questioning them and just judging their every move. And that was a warning shot for what was to come on this album. The best surprise ever. Everybody doubted this band throughout the entire album cycle. The album cycle has been one of the most tumultuous album cycles ever 
between the singles and the release date getting pushed back and all the press for it and the tour turning into an enema tour instead of turning into a promotional tour for their new album. There's just been a ton of missteps along the way, but I have to give it to Mark and I'm going to give it to Mark only because I feel like he was the mastermind behind trolling everybody. I could be wrong about this, but I feel like they chose the weaker songs off of the album to promote the album so that people's expectations were very low so that when the album actually came out, everybody was floored and completely surprised that this was the material on the album. Completely struck a nerve with everybody that's listened to this album. I haven't talked to a Blink fan or even a casual fan that hasn't sung praise for this album. Yeah, and let me just say that listening to this album and going into it, it's just one huge surprise. I mean, you know, I was just like completely blown away by everything and taken by surprise with everything because, you know, looking at the song titles, I know that it's wrong to judge a book by its cover, but when you look at the song titles, sometimes you have an idea of what they're going to sound like, but Blink just completely does away with that. I'll give a good example. The first time. You look at that song title and you're like, oh, okay, this might be, you know, kind of a sappy love song or something like that. Anything but this song, just my personal opinion, is the feelingness of this album. It really does give me that same energy that feeling this had. It's got even has the feeling this intro. Yeah, it's got a big riff throughout the whole thing. It's got that same, you know, dual vocal between Mark and Matt, it is just fantastic. It is very similar to the feeling this intro. In fact, the way that this album kicks off and the way that it ends, it's just a complete masterpiece. And don't get me wrong, when I was referring to the singles before, I didn't think that any of the singles were particularly bad or especially when Blaming on My Youth came out, there was a total uproar on the internet and such backlash from the fan base and that's why they came out with generational divide which totally makes sense because no matter what they do whether you're an old fan new fan somewhere in between it's never going to be how the fans want it to be quote unquote hence that song but i will say throughout the the cycle or i should say the rollout of singles the singles progressively kept getting better and better I just feel like with that even being said, those are still some of the weaker songs off of this album, which is the best surprise of all to have that be some of the weak material because Dark Side is a banger and I really enjoy I really wish I hated you as well. So to say that's on the weaker end, even though I don't believe it is, just goes to show you how good the material they brought on this album is. Yeah, because All the songs that were kept secret, so to speak, from the general public, you know, the ones that weren't singles, wow, they are some of the strongest compositions this band has ever put out. I mean, it is really amazing. Like, they were not kidding when they said that this album would have that untitled album feeling to it. If I can describe this album to a fellow Blink fan before they listen to it so they can get an idea of what they're in store for... I would say it's a blend of Untitled and California. It's like those two albums had a baby. And this is the best material that we've received from Skiba yet. It should have been like this out the gate. Listening back to California, it was a good record. However, there was a lot of filler on there. It was extremely poppy and overproduced. And there was a lot of woes and na-na-nas and so on and so forth. And you can tell they weren't utilizing Skiba to his full potential yet. And he was still trying to get accustomed to the band and being in Blink. And they were still trying to navigate his place within the band. However, here on 9, he came out swinging and he is truly the highlight of this entire album. Some of these songs are purely led by Skiba 
And you can tell his influence on the band lyrically, musically. Some of my favorite songs are Skiba heavy songs on this album. And I'm proud to say that because everybody had such a problem in the beginning with him coming in and quote unquote replacing Tom. But this really solidified for me his place within the band. And I think moving forward, people are going to have a lot more faith in Matt Skiba. And I really hope that they do, and they should, because this album contains some of his best guitar work, but even more so than that, some of his best vocal work. I mean, you think that, you know, Cynical and Left Alone are some of his most aggressive performances? And those on... are my favorite tracks on California, might I add. Yeah, some of mine too. On this album, wow, he takes his vocals to a completely different realm. I mean, it is amazing. And even on the songs when he's not particularly trying to push his voice he still sounds perfect his influence is all over this album from black rain to no heart to speak of to hung over you remember to forget me heaven i just oh my goodness skiba you really outdid yourself if anybody ever doubted you this is the record to listen to thank you for everything that you've contributed to this band. And thank you so much for sticking around despite all the backlash from Tom fans and persisting above that because if anybody has something bad to say at this point, it's just because they refuse to accept the fact that Skiba is a part of Blink-182 and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But other than that, you cannot deny the amount of talent vocally, lyrically, musically on this record that Skiba provided and brought to the table this time around. You really can't. I mean, there's just no escaping Skiba on this album anywhere. I mean, his vocals are just front and center on every single song. His riffs are better than they've ever been. You know, every song has a discernible riff and it just really punches you in the gut. Instead of him being in the backseat of the car, they finally let him take the steering wheel uh, at least for a couple of turns around the block. And man, oh man, what a difference it makes. <laughs> I really like that analogy. That's actually really awesome. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here, Eric. I will be the first one to say this is the best record that they've put out in years. Yeah, I mean, how can you not like songs like The First Time, Pin the Grenade, Black Rain, Ransom? I'm really happy that they put Ransom on here because I was really, really hoping that Generational Divide wasn't the only all-out pop-punk song or hardcore-punk song. And I'm glad that they put this put this one in here. I love how Ransom starts out where it fakes you out in the beginning and then halfway through it just goes in full throttle. Yeah, and that's exactly what I mean. This whole album, you know, misleads people, but in a good way. Because, you know, they, they do it through the song titles, they do it through the song structures. Even the song Black Rain, like it starts out so subtle. And then it becomes this whole complicated thing. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It kind of reminds me of Easy Target in the sense of how complex it is. It is truly one of those very unique compositions that you're just like, wow, they did that? That's amazing. And that's why I said that this album, Nine, is the love child between California and Untitled because it has those untitled themes and it sounds like a modern version of Blink-182 present day of what they should sound like at this time. So for California, it had Matt's touch on it, of course. So Matt vocally and Matt's inspiration throughout this album combined with the vibes of Untitled and the process that they went through for the Untitled record to create Nine, this is what the outcome is. And I couldn't be more happy with it. And let's not forget how much of a monster Travis is on this album. I mean, his drumming wow. is out of this world. And I love the approach that they went 
with this album on by taking beats that Travis previously made that he was going to give to other musicians. But he said, guys, if there's anything that you like in this collection, I'd rather give it towards Blink and have it be a Blink song. So they took a lot of these songs based off of Travis's beat first, which is the first time or one of the first times that they're approaching songwriting this way. And man, did it work. Wow. That's all I can say, man. Some of my favorites off of this album has to be the whole entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really has to be. I know that normally I say, let's do a top five or top three. There's no possible way. I mean, you have the first time, you have Heaven, you have Dark Side, you have Black Rain, you have Pin the Grenade, you have No Heart to Speak of. I know that's a really big fan favorite as well. You have Hung Over You, Remember to Forget Me. I really wish I hated you. Honestly, every track on this album is just so good front to back the whole experience. I've been listening to it nonstop. The reason why I wanted to record this episode a week later was to just really absorb everything and really take everything all in and not get blinded by the hype of a new album release. And I can solidly say that this album is the best album that they put out in years because even a week later I'm still listening to it on repeat and it's been the only thing that I've been listening to and it keeps bringing me back for more and more and then the more times that I listen to it the more things that I discover in each song that makes me appreciate it even more. Honestly the whole time I was listening to the album the one question in my mind was is this really happening? Like that was the one thing that I kept thinking about through every song. Like, from the minute every song started to the moment they all ended, I was like, wow, I can't believe this is actually happening. This is intense. Every song shines on this album. Every song has a place here on this album and brings something different. No two songs sound the same, in my opinion, and that's what I love about it the most, that it sounds like Blink should sound in 2019. However, it has the approach and the vibes of their entitled record with that California spin because of Skiba. And I just really love that this time around, they didn't record a record like California thinking that this is what Blink should sound like. Instead, what they did with Nine is recorded a record that Blink does sound like in 2019, and there's a very big difference between the two. I think before they were playing it safe and they were trying to go back to their roots, but ended up creating a very hollow experience. And I think this time around, they threw all that away and focused on what they wanted to create, what they wanted to produce, and didn't put any expectations on themselves. And in turn, they created a true masterpiece. Masterpiece is the word. This is definitely an album for a generation, and I know that it's going to be played for years to come, and it's going to be talked about for years to come, and I'm just glad that you and I got to live this out. You know, this album is leagues above California. I cannot stress that enough. As I said earlier in this episode, my personal holy trinity is the untitled record, Enema of the State, and Take Your Pants Off and Jacket. But I gotta tell you that Nine is just right under that, and it has to be in their discography. Take this fourth spot for me. I agree. It's definitely by far up there with some of their finest work. So Eric, I am not going to make you choose a bunch of songs, but I do want to know what's your least favorite off of this record and what is your most favorite? Because everything in between is my favorite. So it's it's truly incredible. I, I don't have a top anything because they're all my top. I do have one that shines above the rest though. It was instantaneous from the moment that I heard it up until now and it's going to be that way for the rest of all eternity i really hope that they play it live i'll i'll get to it in a minute but i want to know what's your least favorite and most favorite if you could pick two songs off of this record what would they be well let's get the negative out of the way first as you always say my least favorite blame it on my youth agreed just because you know i i feel like it's the least put together out of all of them it's pretty underwhelming that's not to say that it's altogether a bad song 
but compared to the rest of the masterpieces this no album has, comparison. I mean, they they put it to shame. So that would be my least favorite. As for my favorite, <sighs> there's so many. There are so many. So I, hmm, I won't pick a favorite, but I'll tell you the one that I've been playing the most, just because it's gotten into my head the most, and that is Pin the Grenade. Get out of here, because that is my most favorite, is Pin the Grenade. Guys, let me tell you, those who are listening to this, we do not plan this going into it. Yeah, we're, I, not, we're not lying about that at all. I this specifically is... tell Eric before we record, you know, pick your top, pick your least favorite, do not show me, do not tell me, so that way we can get our real live reactions on air. This is not planned. Pin the grenade upon first listen, instantaneous. I was like, this is going to be a classic. This is going to be a fan favorite. I feel like this could have been on Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Such a fun song to listen to. Love the lyrics. Love the melody. How could it not get stuck in your head? Super catchy. Standout track for sure. This is my favorite track off of this album. I feel very safe in saying so, and I hope they play this one live next time around. Oh yeah, me too. And like I said, I, I can't pick a favorite just yet because I have so many. I mean... Well, they're uh, all my favorite. They're all my favorite. Yeah, but well, like <laughs> I said, if I have to pick one that I have just been playing on repeat nonstop, it is Pin the Grenade. And what I love about that song is that it's so misleading. The title is so misleading because when I read all the song titles way before this album came out, when I saw Pin the Grenade, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a very dark and heavy song about something, something very grim, but not at all. It is one of the most upbeat and energetic songs they've ever written, and it's just perfect. This is what Blink is at their core, is Pin the Grenade. Yeah, basically. And there you have it, you guys. That is our hot take on their latest album, Nine. You know, Mark Hoppus, you're killing me with the album title. I don't know if I can let you get away with that. I guess I shall because you know better than I do. But Nine is technically their eighth studio album because Cheshire Cat was their big debut. But apparently Mark wants to make the demo of Buddha count towards this ranking. So there you have it. There we have the album title, Nine. What did you guys think of this album? Did you go see them on tour with Lil Wayne? We want to know it all. We want to know your favorites, least favorite, everything in between. I could not be more stoked to be a Blink fan right now. It is such an amazing time to be a fan. You guys, just going to plug it one more time. My personal page is Lisa underscore 182. Go check out all my footage from the concert. You will not be disappointed. And don't forget to share your thoughts over at www.musicmattersmedia.com and follow Music Matters on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.